welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today, instead of Marla and a bunch of guys, we have Amy and a bunch of guys. It's Amy's turn. So we've got Amy and Craig and Chris and Dennis and Paul and Ted at the moment. Good to have everyone. You forgot Carrie. Oh, Carrie. I'm sorry. I left Carrie out. I'm sorry, Carrie. I didn't mean to. I was trying to get everybody in alphabetical order and I left Carrie out. Sorry. Way much thought on my part. I hope I don't have to adopt uh, Craig's mantra. Maybe not. Stop thinking and end your problems. Yeah, for sure. I think Craig's lying about his age. He's very gray to be 44. He's got all that gray in his beard. I don't know. Yeah, but when I logged in, my audio cut out, and I thought you said you look great for your age. He said, you're what, 40? And I was like, thanks very much. You know, what have I done wrong that you're complimenting me? But now I've just figured out, he says, you look great for your age, so... That was an think, insult to you, Craig. I never compliment you. If I say something, it's oh, going to be an insult. In my defense, I'm not as great as Amy. I know, but I got a year on you, Craig, so that's why. Just wait a year. Oh, right. I thought it was the house moving that done it to you. Mm-mm. No, no, it was me stopping to color my hair. I stopped that, that a couple highlight. of years. I thought that was highlight. That's highlights, Amy. That's not gray, is it? It's platinum. It's platinum. It's not gray. It's platinum. Please understand, y'all are getting everything wrong today. Let's see, buddyc.org, we have uh, we have a Dow daily devotional you can sign up for that I'm working on that's not perfect when it's sent this time, but I'm editing as I go. Uh, but it's got some good stuff. Uh, some of those are really good. Some sound like fortune cookies, so we'll just take what you get. Um, the 9 p.m. Eastern open online meeting of AA. Uh, ZoomAAMeetings.com will get you there. We talk about that every week. Um, what else we got? Facebook group, it's doing good. We won't talk about it in detail today, Craig. Uh, Taking way too much time on the announcements, I think. I think that's everything. Today's story, we'll start with the story of the useless. Now, these stories come from Thomas Merton's interpretation of Chauncey's book, discussing the Tao. And he was a student of Lao Tzu, who is attributed for writing the uh, Tao Te Ching. So the book's called Chantzah, the name name of the uh, master that wrote it. And this story is the useless. We're almost through this book. We've only got a few stories left. So today we'll be talking about the useless. And if we get time, means, and ends, I don't know if we'll get there. If we do, we'll talk about it. I've got a lot of notes on means and ends. Not too much on useless. A little bit. So we'll see where this uh, takes us. So, Amy, would you read for us, ma'am? I sure will. The useless. Huitsu said to Chongsu, all your teaching is centered on what has no use. Chong replied, if you have no appreciation for what has no use... You cannot begin to talk about what can be used. The earth, for example, is broad and vast, but all of this expanse a man uses only a few inches upon which he happens to be standing. 
Now suppose you suddenly take away all that he is not actually using so that all around his feet a gulf yawns and he stands in the void with nowhere solid except right under each foot. How long will he be able to use what he is using? Huizu said it would cease to serve any purpose. Chongsu concluded this shows the absolute necessity of what has no use. Thank you, Amy. Any comments, guys? Sure. Go ahead, Tess. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not sure exactly what is meant by uh, having no use. Um, only because at one point in time, I had never seen Norway, but I knew it existed somewhere. I knew it, and I finally went there, and I will never forget Norway. Um, certainly, it isn't within the square foot that I'm standing or square feet that I'm sitting, but Norway still had a meaning for me, even though I hadn't seen it or been there. Now, Shuang Zi tends to say that it has no use. I'm, I'm just not sure of how useless it might be. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? If you notice, now, Huitsu in these stories is the friendly rival of Chompsa and gives the alternative view. So they're just talking about alternative views here. And uh, Huitsa says, all your teaching is centered, that's just his opinion, that it's centered on what has no use. And when he said that, when Chaucer replied, what he said was that Huitza had no gratitude. He had no appreciation for what he perceived had no use. He had no appreciation. Appreciation for me is gratitude. So he said, you have no gratitude for what has no use. You cannot begin to talk about, if you have no gratitude, no appreciation for what has no use, you cannot begin to talk about what can be used. And I thought about all the things in my life that people say have no use or things I used to think of that were not useful that I do now that have a lot of use to me, but they're not perceived use by some people. For example, um, the time I spend meditating, I know people who would say that you're sitting, thinking of nothing, doing nothing. The goal is just to sit there, not accomplish anything. How does that have any use? And I can go on and on with that with a lot of different things. Chris, you have something, sir? Well, you know, it made me think of uh, high school when people were taking algebra. And you constantly heard, well, it's got no use. I'll never use algebra. And so I don't know. I just remember that for some reason. And, and uh, of course, a lot of people wind up needing to use algebra and have no concept of it. It's just uh, puts them in a bad place. So, And you used it. You're an engineer. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I use it all the time, you know, and I was sort of laughing at the time. But, you know, <laughs> exactly. You know, and a lot of people really do, I guess, have no use for it. Uh, 
or they don't understand that they have a use for it too. I think there's dimension there where, you know, you don't really under have a uh, concept of what can be used as well. This is so perception, isn't it? Yeah, too. That's I don't know if that's what he's talking about here. That's certainly the case with Norway, I think. You know, I've never been there, but um, my perception is that it'd be quite useful to go there. So <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I guess it really depends on what you're thinking useless um, is. Um, because, I mean, I use geometry all the time in my woodworking. I never thought that I would need um, arithmetic in any form, uh, but it's, it's essential. It's absolutely essential. So it's not really useless. Maybe at one time I thought it was useless, but it is not useless. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. Um, what other things do we do in life? I think all of my spiritual seeking would be useless to some people. Oh, hey, Heidi, you slipped in there. Thank you, Craig. We're talking about the story, the useless. Yeah, meditation is an excellent example of something that's <laughs> apparently from outward appearance is sort of useless, but um, definitely very useful. I, I think that in, in the useless is more like yin and yang, don't you think, buddy? Not really. I don't think so, because I think it's, I don't think it's going to balance equal parts. I'll tell you why. Um, when I'm thinking of the things that are useless, um, I'm thinking of when I came into recovery, I was told that to go help somebody. That, well, when we read in the big book, at the first of um, working with others, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. Okay. <clears throat> with that, uh, I, why would it help me to go help someone? I, it looks like I would spend my time doing something that would help me. Why am I doing something to help them? That looks useless from the outside to, you know, no one would, I didn't understand it either. Why that is. But it's something that's very useful, Chris. I, that's that's a better example. That what the the one he gives in here is 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 a is a good example. He uses the whole earth, you know, a very vast expanse that of things that are not even understandable, uh, as an example of use is something that's useful, you know, and um, it just makes me think that possibly there's nothing that's useless. Um, you know, everything is, is needed. It's evolved. It exists. It must have a use. Um, so anyway, that's just a thought. Yeah. That's the and question. Is, is it possible that nothing is useless? Well, and the way Chauncey put it, he didn't have any appreciation for what he perceived had no use. Right. And he couldn't even see what was useful until he had gratitude for what he perceived as not useful. Dennis. 
I think you just said it right there in the first line that where, where, where Chongzhu replied, if you have no appreciation for what has no use, you cannot begin to talk about what can be used. And it's a little bit like we can't understand the good without um, without having the bad as well. Now, that would be the yin-yang you were talking about, Ted. Yes, and and it's not like you have to have an equal amount of both of them. That's not what it is, because as you grow, I think you find that more and more things become useful to you. We just heard that in some of you guys' story, and and I have some of myself. I I was that kid where I told my mom, why did you pay for private school? You waste your money. I don't want to do this. I don't need it right now. I'm a kid. um, but but later on, now I can see that yes, there was some knowledge there that that that, 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 that was pretty good. But 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 I am I'm certain that that is what it means. Then further down, it says that if you cut away everything that is of no use, you have that gap, and you only have the ground if you take the the earth as being uh, useful. Um, uh, it's it's kind of interesting because we we're still taught to be where our feet is, right? So still pay attention to that. But we are all interconnected, and so is the ground beneath us. So you need you you can't just have something underneath your feet, and and uh, so 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 that's kind of interesting. But I think the um, the essence is that you can't really have have the useful without the usefulness or useless also. How about, Dennis, uh, the idea that so many times I've been told to look for gratitude, uh, to find something to be grateful for in a situation so I can see the, the get acceptance in something that I'm having issue with, if I can find some gratitude in some way. And I saw this as a, hmm, he's saying that he can't even perceive this correctly unless he starts it with appreciation, starts it with a gratitude was how I interpreted that. So I just went directly to that. I said, wow, that's, that's good because it's true. If I don't see the value of something or understand what's going on, if I'm in the middle of a situation and I, I have to stop and see where I can find gratitude. And if I can find gratitude, I can start seeing things correctly. Maybe I'm reading way too much into this, but that's where I went. Well, that's that's you changing your your perception right away. You're turning something exactly. useless to something useful. So it's yes. all ever changing all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's that's interesting. How many times have we learned something from a perceived negative situation that we thought this was useless and a problem, and it was so useful to us? Yeah, yeah. happens all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. But it starts with gratitude. It starts with appreciation. Yeah, I, oh. I was just about to say that it's it's all about perception, isn't it? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and gratitude. Yeah, but as far as as far as as far as useful versus usefulness or uselessness, um, yeah. Like for me now, um, the thought of drinking alcohol is is useless to me. It didn't used to be that way. I thought that I had to drink alcohol in order to have a good time or to even, even to exist. And uh, now I see it as useless, but then again, had I not gone through that experience, I wouldn't be where I am now. So it was useful. (laughs) (laughs) 
So exactly. I guess it's kind of a paradox and, and, and it all is. And uh, yeah, I really like that. I really like that whole concept of, of, you know, using the whole earth because right. we really don't think that in our day-to-day life, do we? I mean, we're, we're so narrowly focused on things that um, it's good to, it's good to get outside, step outside your comfort zone that way. So yeah, I like that whole concept. Thank you, Paul. Good to have you today, sir. Glad you can make it. Yeah, I'm glad I could. I wish I could make it more often, but uh, today I had some time. So thanks for. You know, Craig canceled his meeting, but we're going to be here. We're not going anywhere. (laughs) That's what I heard. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to give Craig a break. I'm not going to pick on Craig anymore today. I promise. Right. So just just cancel the meeting. The the meeting has has run its run course. Well, okay. Thank you, Craig. Okay, Craig didn't cancel his meeting. It's run its course, but they're not meeting anymore. So, so you did pick up him one more time. You couldn't help yourself, could you? Oh crap! I well, know. it's it's just it's it's interesting. So so let's stick with meeting for for instance, right? If you only had two meetings in your town, one of them will always be the useful meeting, and then the other one has to be the less useful meeting. It has Why? to be. But it depends on for who. Yes, exactly. It doesn't matter who it is, but it will always be that in for each individual eye. Somebody might like the other meeting more than this, but there will always be that. That's and that's kind of the essence. What I get out of this, you can't have one without the other. It, it says that in the end of it, right? When he starts to explain, uh, or he actually asks uh, who is suing, then uh, how long? How long will be able to use? Um, what he's using, if, if you don't, and then use use that it would cease to serve its purpose. And then he says that's actually the absolute necessity of, of what why you need to, the the stuff that we we don't use. That's over my head, Dennis. I'm not. Well, I'm just not- that it's a comparison. It's, it's just like you can't have light without darkness. And 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 like I said before, we can't have the good without the bad. And now we're just using the what's useful to us and what's not useful to us. But if you don't understand what's not useful to you, you can't conceive what's useful to you. It ceases to understand. Uh, it ceases to exist. Is, is what I'm yeah, we can't see what's useful unless we appreciate the useless. Yeah, so unless you have it, if you don't have what's what's useless at all, then you won't be able to see what's useful. It's... That's what I'm. That's what I get out of it. Hmm. Well, I guess I guess what I'm thinking is more like um, in Japanese architecture, space means an awful lot. Nothing means a lot. Um, nothing, and then something creates the whole. In other words, um, nothing is not useless. I I I really agree with somebody had said that nothing is useless. I wonder. And it's the space inside a container that makes it useful. It's the nothingness that makes it useful, like your your building, your architecture, right? Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, Ted. Gary? Um, So I've been sitting here trying to figure out the words and how they make sense. So I think the oneness of useless and useful kind of makes sense up to me now. But I guess my, maybe mine's more of a question. The first sentence is all of your teaching is centered on no use. And that just 
Does anybody understand why he would focus everything on just one side of that? Let's see if Craig has that answer. He has his hand up. Well, Kieran, in my experience, uh, what, what usually happens here is that um, it's to do with perspective. And um, I think the guy's just having a dig at him. I think he's just genuinely one of these, my way's better than your way. I think he's, I think he's one of these bleeding deacons that just wants to sit and moan and be the cantankerous old get in the corner that just complains about absolutely everything and points out the errors of people's ways rather than saying, you know, you got nine questions right in that exam. Absolutely fantastic. Well done. I think he's one of these ones that say, like, yeah, you got that question wrong. So I think there's a bit of a bit of banter going on between the two of them, but I think he's just being a bit cynical. Are we talking Benjamin Hoff here? Um, I wasn't going to mention any names. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't mentioning the. Um, no, I, I think that's. I think that's possibly what's going on. He's just trying to have a dig at him. Um, but what I was going to, I was going to mention verse eleven. Verse eleven in the Tao talks about emptiness and how useful it is. Um, the the Ron Hogan version says a wheel has spokes, but it rotates around a hollow center. A pot of clay, sorry, a, a pot is made out of um, clay or glass, but you keep things in the space inside. A house is made of brick or wood, but you live between the walls. We work with something, but we use nothing. That's what, I, that's what I thought when we were talking about useless. So it's point of having that big hole there. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's the answer. And then Chris was talking about the architecture. Well, it's the space between the notes that allow music. There's all kinds of examples of that. Dennis, you have something, sir? Yeah, well, I was just thinking to, to Kiri, could it also be because we are so focused on what can be used all the time so that's why he's he's uh, he's putting his attention to hey wait a minute what if if we have the uh, what if we put focus on on what's not useful to us um, and and to to kind of for you to understand more I mean to 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 brighten the picture of it. Uh, well, that's like one of these things that you, you don't know what you have until it's gone or you don't realize how much how much you really it's like it's like that screwdriver that you thought I'm never going to use that one. And you throw it away, and then a couple of days later, you actually need it. That's very good. That's a good metaphor for it. I think you, yes, you don't really know until you lost it, right? That's it. That's actually that's pretty good. Uh, Carrie, you have something else? Sir? No, I think it makes sense. I mean, we can all see what's useful, right? Like the cup, but no one thinks about the space in between. And so maybe Chongsa is just pointing that out, highlighting the fact that. That's just as important. Well, you know, the whole study of the Tao is the study mostly of, of the paradox of people seeing the, the paradox of, of what we're seeking can't be described or, uh, or really sought. It, it just is. And that's what he's saying here is that all of your teaching is centered on what has no use perceived has no use. Look at the, First, the first verse even of the Tao Te Ching, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The unnameable is the eternal, eternally real. So, you know, it's what can be talked about is not the real thing. So you're making no sense to me. It, the, the perception is uh, that the whole thing has no use. 
just like a lot of practices we have, someone from the outside that we just described the practice to with no spiritual insight at all would think a lot of the things we do are just useless because they can't see it. Why do you want it? Well, my daughter, she was eight or nine. She'd been going to meetings with me since she was four, I think. She said, Daddy, why do you keep going to those meetings? You don't drink anymore. She noticed I didn't drink anymore. So why do you keep going to those meetings? I guess I had a spiritual moment. I said, uh, well, you got saved at church. I said, you got saved. Why do you keep going to church? She said, well, because I'm supposed to. I said, okay, just think of AA as daddy's church. She said, oh, okay. Never another question about me going to meetings. But not a clue as to why I'd sit around and go to a meeting. I don't drink anymore. Why do I still do that? It looks useless. So many things we do can appear to be useless. I have that issue just trying to explain Taoism to some people sometimes. <laughs> How do you explain the useless? Yeah, I just feel like, like I don't even understand myself. Yeah. You, you just share your experience is all you can do. Craig? I was just going to say with, with the um, what you're talking about with the meetings, it's dangerous when I start to have those thoughts myself. Why are you still going to those meetings? Why are you still needing to do this? I'm very... I'm very dangerously going to that. You've got this stage. You don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to hang about with these guys. Thank you, Craig. Amy, you got anything? You you you're thinking heavily. I can tell your wheels are turning. Well, uh, verse eleven of the Tao, uh, Ron Hogan's translation: A will has spokes, but it rotates around a hollow center. A pot is made out of clay or glass, but you keep things in a space inside. A house is made of wood or brick, but you live between the walls. We work with something, but we use nothing. I, I really like the concept of the, the yin and yang with this. Um, because, And then taking it back to recovery, um, I just really thought that my life was just going to be chaos and drama and full of shit, really. And it wasn't until I got into recovery and sober for a while that I'm okay in the nothing, you know, um, in the calm. I didn't even know that was a possibility, but I would not have even been able to appreciate the calm now without having known the chaos before. Just for me. That's definitely not true for everybody. You know, I certainly wouldn't have appreciated the ability not to take a drink for one day at a time without having to take a drink all day, every day. So then, of course, here's the big book. The the part of the story that says um, nowhere solid except right under each foot, page 130 says we've come to believe he would like us to keep our heads in the clouds with him but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth that is where our fellow travelers are that is where our work must be done i can't no so much for me today of of the calm is only in this exact space right now 
where my feet are at this moment. It can't be in two minutes in the future and it can't be in even two minutes in the past because that's gone. That was could have been chaos back there. That might be chaos up there. So right here, right now, I'm okay. Joe Walsh, I heard Joe Walsh uh, tell his story. Um, well, I heard a recording of it and he started talking about God consciousness and and being a victim of the, you know, I can go back in the past and be a victim of the circumstances. The past never happened. I can go into the future and be a victim of those circumstances, but the future never happens. The only thing that is, is right here, right now. And that's God consciousness and right here, right now, I'm okay. So that's absolutely what I was thinking about. But again, I couldn't appreciate this moment without all those messed up moments before. That's good. Yeah, I can, I can, if that's what you meant, Ted, in the beginning about yin yang, then yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Success is as dangerous as failure. Hope is as hollow as fear. Hmm. Looking, it can't be seen. This is 14. Listen, and it can't be heard. Reaching, it can't be grasped. I was just thumbing through the Tao Te Ching and looking for different verses that, you know, talk about the useless. You can't grasp. It looks like you can't. Uh, Grasp what's useful until you appreciate the useless. Mm. Hmm. Empty your mind of all thoughts. Let your heart be at peace. Watch the turmoil of beings, but contemplate their return. 16. Anything else, guys? Is since we we are we keep talking about the duality in, in, in this matter here. And I'm thinking, buddy, is it too far for us to try to go into that rabbit hole that, that, that you know, Mark um, and the, 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 the friend you have from, from the Sendo in Atlanta talks about the not one, but not two either. And he says, to keep it simple, you just say not one. Uh, because, and, and, and the way I, and I might miss, um, miss in, in, misunderstand it or, or miss, uh, Interpret it, it um, but but everything is a duality here. But it comes from one in, in, in the beginning, from the from the beginning of the Big Bang. But then everything else is a duality. It's just like a car battery. You can't just have a have a negative pole. You also have to have a positive one to make it work, right? Or, or vice versa. And it's the same with everything else. I like the wave to the ocean analogy. Um, is the wave the ocean? No, but the wave is definitely part of the ocean. So would be this useful and useless because what's useful and what's useless will change. It's always changing. It's not staying, staying, staying the same. You know, something that was useless is going to be useful and something that was useful is going to become useless. So that's, that's kind of interesting. I've I've often been told um, to get rid of fear. I, I think fear is very important. Uh, without fear, there would be no courage. Mm, I don't know, Ted. I'm I'm for getting rid of fear. Uh, fear if you and- ask anyone who's been in in a war situation, they're scared to heck. But it's that's what makes them jump out of that foxhole and run straight ahead. That's not the fear I'm talking about. 
I'm not talking about reverence and, you know, not stepping out in the road because you don't, you know, you know, you're going to get hit or running from the animal or all those things. That's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. What Uh, kind of fear are you talking about? I'm talking about the fear that I drank to numb. I'm talking about uh, the, all the fears that I uncover in my fourth step, the fear of financial insecurity, uh, the fear of not being enough. Um, yeah, all the negative emotions. Thank you, Craig. That, that's what I mean when I think fear, uh, not, uh, not the kind of fear, respect, uh, reverence for what can harm us. Not, not that. So then I, I know that when I was, as a big book would say, in my cups, I was afraid I was going to die. I was honestly afraid I was going to die. And if I wouldn't have thought that, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Okay. Is that, is that the kind of fear that you're not talking about? I think we can be, we can come to a point to where we can be free of the fear of death too, but at the, I imagine there are other fears too that were associated with your recovery. I I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for anyone else. I know there are none of those fears that came out in my fourth step that served me. Uh, they got me to there, and you know I was miserable with alcohol, and and they got me into AA. Yes, but uh, I think I could. I'm better off free of those things. Uh, that's been my experience. Amy? I think it's interesting that you said you were afraid you were going to die, and I was afraid I was not going to die. <laughs> Good. Chris? Um, can you express the different kinds of fears as, as though one is a hindrance to progress and, and one that's a uh, enhances progress? I'm looking at some fear definitions of fear just so. Um, so, uh, so I have a question then is fear useful or useless? Both. <laughs> my fear, can be got me, my fear got me to recovery, Paul. Exactly. But can I be free of those fears? I believe yes. They're, they're not serving me now. They were useful to me. Now they're, that's one of those things. Now they're useless because a lot of the, the uh, work that I put into my recovery is to be free of those fears, is not to have to live uh, with them dominating my life and all the emotions and things I have associated with those fears. I, don't, I can be free of that now. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to run from a bear if I see a bear. I hope I got a slow person with me that's slower than me and I. <laughs> you know that that whole deal but uh but yeah so I, for me i i want to be free of those uh those fears that uh, brought me into recovery yeah i i think that um well i was i was thinking that i used to have stage fright because i was called on to perform in front of people and i usually got stage fright and that stage fright changed into an energy that really, really made things matter. So in that case, I, I, I don't know what, what to call fear. I think it's, 
I think it's necessary. I think fear is very necessary of certain things, maybe, but definitely fear causes courage. I mean, I have experienced it. Okay. Thanks, Ted. You know, I'm reminded of what my sponsor told me about, you know, making my amends. He said, start with something you appreciate in the person. Can you find an appreciation to start your amend with, no matter who it is you're making the amend to? And this one was to uh, my my first ex-wife. And I said, uh, yeah, I've got several things I appreciate in her. He says, well, start your amend with those things. Tell her what you appreciate. And then make your amend. That way, he said, you've, you're, you're getting love into the conversation. You're getting the conversation up. The, the level of emotion in the conversation to uh, to gratitude, at least, he said, and that'll help the rest of the conversation to go better. And so I learned from that. Anytime I had a problem with a person, I looked for ways that I could show appreciation to them. I looked for ways that um, I could find gratitude for them being in my life. And you, I think you could apply that to this that we can't see what's useful with anyone until we're able to see what has no use. And the way that you see the difference in what Chauncey said was uh, through appreciation, through gratitude. Does that resonate with anyone or just am I pulling that out of the air? I will take it back to Cinderella's song as well. Don't know what you got till it's gone. I couldn't even appreciate I can't even conceive of what gratitude meant. I mean, I was grateful I would make it home drunk off my ass. Great that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, if you have no appreciation for what has no use, you cannot begin to talk about what can be used. I still, I'm just going back to the yin yang. That's it. I just, but that's how do you all I keep that, going though, But how do you see that? He says you can't even see that until you have appreciation. Right. And I didn't have the appreciation until I did. <laughs> and now you do. You see. <laughs> right. And now I can't unsee that right now. I can't like go back to the non-appreciation because I have the appreciation. So it's still a circle. It's a continuum. Let, let, let's say you have a, a, a situation that uh, that is just eating your lunch. We learned this in recovery. You know, if we have something that's just, we can't find any acceptance with. One question I've been taught to ask is, how can I see gratitude in this? How can I see gratitude? And then once I see gratitude, then I can see how that situation is serving me. So I think that's, for me, that's what this is talking about is that I'm stuck unless I find gratitude in some form. Maybe not for the particular thing. Well, I've talked about that, I think, even last week about uh, my son's death. I can, of course, I don't have, I'm not grateful that he died, but I can find gratitude in some of the lessons that I learned from it and from the things about having to accept it and deal with it. Dennis? Isn't that also the oxymoron in, in uh Amy was just saying, going back to the yin and yang, that that you can't really understand um, the usefulness on, until you're 
or you can't you, you can't understand the usefulness until you see the not usefulness. But then when you get to that appreciation, then the not usefulness actually becomes useful because that's the tool. That's the oxymoron, right? <laughs> that, that, that is, uh, that's, that's interesting. The paradox. Yes, yes. Like all truth, Dennis, it's all paradoxical. Mm. Yeah. So the moral of the story is gratitude. How can I find gratitude in this? You like that, Paul? You good with that? <laughs> You know me, I'm I'm Mr. Gratitude. So you are. You made you came on the right week, man. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I just uh, yeah. I, I just went through that. I well, I think I think Buddy and Craig probably know more than the rest of you about. Uh, I had some eye issues that I was dealing with for the last few years, and as of this last Monday, I finally, after three years, I finally got everything squared away, and I had to really dig for that gratitude. Uh, there were times where I just didn't think I could find any and uh, I just had to keep digging and uh, I was able to uh, find some gratitude in the fact that, you know, now this, now I can see now this eye is actually better than it's ever been, but I had to go through a lot of crap to get there. And uh, so, yeah, like buddy said, just, I'm always looking for the gratitude in any situation, especially the bad situations. That's when I really got to look for it. It's easy to be grateful for when things are going good, right? It's when things are going bad, that's when you got to really, really look for it. And that's, that, that's actually the most rewarding uh, gratitude for me is when I can find it in a bad situation. Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. Thank you, Paul. Dennis, you have something? Yes, just of what Paul just said there, that is the, that is really the biggest thing when you're having a shitty day with a shitty emotion that you can accept, oh, this is a shitty emotion. Already there, it just gets relieved when you can recognize that as, as what it is, just an emotion f- formed by the thought, right? That's, oh, wow, that's all. That's good. When you start realizing those emotions are not you, mm-hmm. that's, that's when it becomes freeing. That's not you. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah. Craig. I think that's that's great, Dennis. But it's remembering that in the moment. It's remembering that when everybody's up against you and your car's broke down or this, that, and other's gone. And my sponsors hate it when they text me because I always say, look, text me. If you need anything, text me. If there's anything that's popping up, text me. And they'll be like, get this, you know. And I'll be like, so what's the lesson? What's the lesson here? We don't, what can we learn from this situation? And he's like, my car's just broken in and somebody stole my golf clubs. You know, what, what, do you, what do you think of it? It's like, well, now some poor person can go and play golf with your clubs. You know, it just, but I think it is trying to stay in that moment and realize that, you know, everything that we go through, there's a lesson somewhere that we can learn. Whether we're grateful for it at the moment, I think that's kind of debatable, but. But it is really annoying when you talk to your sponsor about stuff like that, and they're like, "Yeah, oh, well, what's the what's the lesson? Here's the spiritual lesson in this one. You know, let's learn not to be like that person." But I think Amy mentioned staying in the moment earlier on. You know, I can only do this in the moment. I think it's difficult staying in that moment. Thank you, Craig. Hmm. Anything else before we close, guys? I think we're gonna. I think we've. Ring all of it out of this one. 
No. Nothing so. Um, no, no, no. Because I think um, it would it would be silly for us not to talk about. Well, for me anyway. Um, all those character defects that I had that were survival instincts that are now shifted to assets. You know, they serve me well today. Not all of them. And don't ask me to give an example um, because I probably can't right now. Um, well, no, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, you know, it's um, everything that kept me alive during that. Hmm. All of the things that I used to do that helped me to stay alive. Yeah. Stay alive through the chaos and the drama, the shit show that was my life. Um, you know, some of those are of no, no use anymore, but you know, a, a healthy type of ego, which is a paradoxical statement in and of itself, um, serves me well today, you know, in certain situations. Um, being assertive is a is a good characteristic, but it if used wrong could be useless, right? But it's useful in certain situations. So I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I think my point is it's a just another example of how the shift and perception happens. What was good then may be bad now. What was bad then may be good now. And that absolutely could still be different tomorrow or in 10 minutes. So it's back to staying in the moment and what works right now. Staying in the moment. And, and when, a, when a situation seems useless, Amy, asking the question, how can I see gratitude in this? What are my teachable moments? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dennis? I, uh, I can just see, I have to agree with Greg, it is hard to stay in the moment when shit is not going your way, when, 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 it, when it just goes bad. But it becomes easier to accept it. Sometimes I still have to go there. I had a moment this morning where I couldn't find anything and I couldn't place anything on my table downstairs where I had to find something. And I just looked at it and then I just wiped it down and then I was done with it. But I had to do that action first. That was the wrong action was just wiping it down because I was in a hurry. Um, but it's easier oh, to, to catch it. Now, before, even in early sobriety, I could spend a day or, or half a day of just being miserable because I get stuck in one thing that goes wrong. And then, and then the rest of the day, and then you have these smart people from AA that say, Oh, you can, you can just start your day over whenever you want to. No, 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 you cannot. What do I have to go around and tell everybody at 7 a.m.? No, it's not. It's 3 p.m. and it sucks. It sucks really bad. Uh, but I can learn to accept the present moment as it is when it comes. That's, that's it. Because the other one where I say I can start the day over is me taking control, right? That's, that's, that's not a good thing for me. <laughs> Isn't it all acceptance of what is, though? Yes. Isn't the whole deal back to what we learn in recovery that, you know, it really is. Depending on my expectation, you know, my lack of expectations, I'm going to have dictates my serenity. Hmm. Chris? I, I find it useful to think of it as a part of the path, not, not, um, 
not something negative, but it's 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 part of the path that you're taking. Um, if you have something that's bothering you, you might as you know sort of make the most of it, I guess. It's just, well, isn't it, Chris? Just um, accepting what is as it is yeah, right I, now I, in this moment. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. But the, but the thing is, if you think of it as something positive, like the path forward, rather than, you know, a, a negative, like a defect or a, so forth, um, then it makes it, it just puts me in a better frame of mind to think of it that way. For me, Chris, um, I, try to, I try to take the, the labels off. And I'm trying to take every situation just as it is rather than good or bad, not say, oh, this is a good situation, so I'm going to enjoy it. Oh, this is a shitty situation, so I'm not going to enjoy it. Instead of doing that, I'm like, oh, this is just the next thing. This is the best thing going for me today, so I might as well just enjoy, you know, enjoy it like I do, try to do everything, you know. Oh, I need constant reminders of that, though. Like, I'll forget about it and then we'll have a meeting like this and then I'll, I'll leave and I'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I can stay in the moment and it'll last for a while, but then after a week or even less, I'll forget until I get reminded again. It's hard to stay in that moment. It's a practice, Kerry. It's a practice. Well, that's what meditation is useful for. It gets you in the habit of, it gets, it gets me in the habit of, of accepting difficult things, you know. Thank you, Chris. Page 420, Amy. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I've seen I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Yes, you can never go wrong with 420, can you? No, it's out <laughs> every time, you know. Anything else, guys, before we close? Great meeting. Thank you. Lots of good discussion. How can I find gratitude in this? We're taught to ask the question whether we believe it or not, right? To take the action and and see what happens. Good stuff. Thank you. I don't see you guys. Y'all have a great week and we will see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery. 